0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Really like there we go. <laughs> hey, I'm Alan Lilienthal, and you're listening to Port of Entry. <laughs> Galeria dos.
1: Galeria dos.
0: All right. So today's cross-border story is a bonus episode. We're actually right in the middle of producing our next season, so we're busy putting together new series and episodes that will launch in the fall. But we didn't want to leave y'all con nada for the summer. So over the next few months, we'll be dropping a few more bonus episodes in the feed for you. We're going to Galería Número 2, where apparently Shinpei's exhibition is. This one here marks the start of a thing we're calling Tour Guide where transfronterizos, transfronterizas show us through a space in the borderlands. Our first tour guide is Shinpei Takeda. Oh yeah, I see his name written on the wall. He's someone I've been wanting to meet for a long time. He's an artist, a filmmaker, who has an exhibition on view at Sekut, the main art museum in Tijuana through August 8th. I highly recommend seeing the show in person if you can. Wow, that's cool. But for those of you who can't, this audio tour of the exhibition that my producer Kinsey Marlin and I went on with Shimpei is a cool little trip. Hopefully your imagination can fill in the visual blanks. Enjoy.
1: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
0: We just walked in. Haven't been here in a long time because of the pandemic. So we're gonna go meet Shinpei. I don't know much about him, but I've heard a lot of, I have friends who work for him. He's a big presence in the cross-border region. I feel like just his name, you hear his name a lot. So Shinpei is well known in our region as a border artist because he lived and made art in Tijuana and San Diego for decades. But these days, he's truly a global, sort of borderless artist who travels all over the world showing his art. Right now, he's living in Germany, but his life actually started in Japan.
1: Yes, I was born in in Japan, in Osaka. And then I was in, uh, my parents was always, worked for a company, they were always getting sent to different places. So I was in Germany for five years, my childhood, then I was in Chicago for a little bit, and then back to Japan, and for university, I went to North Carolina. Really? And then from there, I came to San Diego and I started this organization called the AJA Project.
0: The AJA Project, by the way, is a nonprofit that works with refugee youth and other kids by teaching them photography, and other artistic and storytelling skills.
1: It's a great organization. Great, thank you. And then now it's 20 years. And then then I was uh, kind of tired of, um, you know, American, um, I think, what shall we say? You know, you come to US and you want, you learn the language and you master and you use it, and you become kind of tired of your um, um, individuality, you know, (laughs) too much I, 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 because when I first learned I, I want, I, you know, and it's, it's a, the language, you have to insist, I want, I think, I believe, you know. You, know, you have to insist, you have to fight for it. Mm. That's the only way to survive in the American society, I think, and that leaves you very lonely, you know, I think, with your eye. So I got bored, and I was like, wow, what's this distance between people, you no? <laughs> So when I came down, you know, because my friends wanted, back then, wanted to be um, lucha libre. So I just come down with him and he rented an apartment and I started living there. And That was your first time in Tijuana? That was 2004 or three or something, yeah. and then the first people I met was in um, artists. You know? um, for me the artist is a little different than artista. No? Okay. When you say artista, here at least in Mexican cities, at least you know, or in T.J. too, you have a different kind of responsibility. I think they treat you a little bit like uh, um, kind of a documentarian of the city. You are the. They treat you like you are kind of like the type. You know documenting machine of what's happening now
0: So after meeting more and more artists in Tijuana Shimpei realized that he too had something to say about what was happening in the world.
1: I started wanting to because my work with the Aja project was trying to give voice trying to work with the young people uh, people from different immigrants you know people refugee kids you no. Know. And I was trying to put their work so big, I was making their photographs so big and so on. And I realized I also wanted me, <laughs> my voice. <laughs> so I wanted to find my voice in here in TJ. I think people were just, you know, doing things from nothing. And that really gave me a kind of a courage and, mm. and uh, kind of a guts to start making my stuff. So this is like my, my art school in C- Tijuana, the wow. city. So, and I found here, I think in TJ, it's like s- super great to like start something, you know? You don't think about anything, you just, let's do it. You know, and then the explosiveness of starting something. But I think here, I couldn't quite learn how to tie the last knot, you know? Mm. How to complete the works. It's hard to get into details. Because it's so much stuff going on here, and it's like... And you see like half-finished buildings
0: all the time. Like, I don't see that anywhere more than in Tijuana. Like, this, like the, the explosiveness is there to create, but then to, to finish it well, it's like...
1: Yeah, it's called strange. Obra Negra, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, that's the beautiful thing about it, because it's so much space to do stuff, you know?
0: So because of this feeling of Shimpe's, the feeling that he could easily create things in Tijuana, but could never quite figure out how to finish them, he decided to move back to Germany where he had spent part of his childhood. He says he felt like the country's long history and its culture, which he remembers as being oriented towards efficiency and getting things done, felt like the necessary next step in his career as an artist.
1: Forever or you No, 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 I mean, Germany is also right now, it's super immigrant society, so now it's, a, you know, it's like a California 20 years ago, in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, and yet there, there's a part of it, they're like very conscious, they're more green, they're, you know, it feels like it's a well, or, you know, a society, well-functioning society, but there's also a lot of frictions, a lot of frictions, you know, so... In some ways, they're ten years ahead of us, but Some, some ways, they're like ten years ahead of, you know, behind California in in just kind of dealing with others. You know, how do you deal with others? So, will you always kind of consider Tijuana home base? You always kind of have one. I mean, this we see what happens after this because this show was like one of the something that I really wanted to make, put, yeah. make it this. And after here, it's like it's I'll have to find some new thread new threats for my new future, you know. And then now, like, I mean, you, you learn in transborder, I guess, to, to what you learn from the doing a transborder life is that there is always so much way of going through the border, right? And you always learn to improvise here. You know, the point is not to break down the walls, but you, there's, you just, just you have to find the back door entry, you know. I think that's what you learn. Because you know? in, in Germany, it's, exam- it's so interesting. It's you, from where I am, you drive 30 minutes to Holland. There, when I was a kid, there used to be border. Like the linea here. No? Not so many, like, three hours lines, but there was always linea. I remember this as a kid, and now there's, like, nothing. And you see the remains of the checkpoint. So the borders come and go, you know, and this one's getting bigger and bigger from the time. I mean, when you when he, I was first here, there was like this. Nada. <laughs> yeah, there was like nothing. I mean, you could still jump a little bit. You know, <laughs> now it's gotten more hype, hyper intense. Mm-hmm. So, but it comes and go, I think. You know? So,
0: all right. The borders, well, the borders come and go.
1: They do. Got to remember that. Yeah, and you just have to keep like finding ways to you know ne- you know get through it and. Don't try to go from the main entry point because <laughs> it takes too much time and too much energy. You know? mm-hmm. I like it. Find the back door.
0: Okay, so after we got to know each other a bit, Shinpei took Kinsey and I on a quick tour of his exhibition.
1: So this ship at the is the, what greets people in the front uh, wall.
0: Shinpei started by talking about a very detailed pencil drawing of a ship he drew right on the museum wall. It's the very first thing you see when you walk into the gallery.
1: So, I was wanted to make a little bit of metaphor about this big ship that we've built by ourselves and the how we can't even, we don't even know what to do with all these big ships that we've made. Or like it's sustaining itself, but it's stuck in a, in, in a certain way. Yes, yes. Mm. And that's the kind of a, a title, Moral Fantasy, is that uh, it's a quote by uh, Austrian philosopher Gunther Anders. Mm and he talks about um, that uh, we need to expand. We don't even know our capacity to produce. We don't even understand because we can produce nuclear weapons and we can produce all these things, systems that's driving us crazy, but we can't even control it and we, because we don't have enough imagination, mm. that's what he says. So we need to expand our imagination to keep up with our capacity to produce things.
0: Next, Shimpei walked us over to a woven piece he made that's hanging on the wall. And Kinsey and I immediately recognized the symbol he wove into the design. We see it every day. It's an audio waveform, the squiggly line of the peaks and valleys you see when you load or record a digital audio file into an audio editing program.
1: So one of the pieces is this, this, this tapetes. It's a, um, how do you say it's a, uh, a rug? it's, it's a rug. Made in tapestry, made in uh, Oaxaca, and then I had them. I had uh, worked with them to make uh, this kind of a sound vibrations, and all that. All a lot of my work has to do with these vibrations, behind these voices that you guys are recording. For example, you look at these diagrams, and you cut and you edit. No, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is kind of the you know how do we weave these, not just the text and informations. Uh, and transcription of these words, but behind, what's behind these words and numbers. You know? So this was kind of my symbolic piece here to begin the exhibition.
0: At this point, we walked over to a giant hole in the wall. It looked like someone had made a mistake or someone had an accident with a sledgehammer and no one bothered to fix it. But of course, it wasn't an accident. It was art or more accurately, an instrument. Shinpei actually recorded the sound of the breaking wall for use in his experimental performance art band called Ghost Magnet Roach Motel.
1: The well, we, we, idea is that we've done these kind of things, trying to get these cockroaches out of these walls and so on. Hmm. So this is kind of the manifested in this kind of really live. And we made this as a music also. No? But there was two American musicians um, and two Mexican artists and then I was there also screaming and making noise.
0: Okay, I feel like I have to step in here real quick to play some noise music, because it's a genre of music that's big in Tijuana and all of Baja and somewhat in San Diego too. So let's take a second to listen to Shimpei's band, Ghost Magnet, Roach Motel.
1: We like to think we, we had something to do with starting this kind of a noise. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. This all the sound that we were just knocking and breaking. <laughs> that's cool. It's punk rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the piece.
0: So next up, we headed over to a series of woodblock prints hanging on the wall.
1: This piece I wanted to include in the early part because it's called the Phobia Project. And I did it in Mesa College Gallery with Alessandra Moctezuma and uh, uh she had me there for uh, uh, like a residency i did there and i had this little tent and people made an appointment with me and talked and we sat down for one hour and we talked about the phobias it's kind of a silly interesting exercise humorous in a part because you know people this is like ornithophobia is people that have fear with a bird oh, really? right agoraphobia people oh, out Open space, no. A people, no? Yeah, Before? so I would carve them from the wood. Their writings, as they were talking ph- to you. Yeah, we, we we decide what the phobia is, and they write they write with their handwriting, and I would carve them with my hand wow. and then uh, that's the as a, as an intent to try to take away their carve out their phobias. You know? Did it work? Know? You think? Wow, <laughs> it's an exercise. It's an, but it's an intent, and it's an it's a, I mean art. Is a, it's a trigger, right? Mm. Did, you, did you think it helped you get rid of phobias? Yeah, I mean, it helped me, it gave me an energy, like this kind of a fear is also like a kind of a mm. energy. You know? mm. And that's what I think is something that you see here. in Tijuana is also this fear, violence, paranoia, you know, is also like grit, it's a lot of energy. Mm. And that leads to good parties. That also leads to like good, some kind of automatic healing system, you know? you know, because you have to heal. Because when you're here, there's a lot of violence and then you um, can't, you have to find ways to deal with it and move forward. You know? mm-hmm. So when you live here, I mean, it's a very different thing when you're looking from the other side. But when you live here, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, le- paranoia also leads to more paranoia. But also, there is some kind of automatically embedded healing system in this city, I think. I think so, too. I never thought about it that way.
0: In the middle of the gallery, suspended from the ceiling, is Shinpei's biggest piece in the show. It's made of waves of woven fabric that droop down and up across nearly the entire length of the space.
1: Had you made these pieces mostly as as a way to talk about these difficult memories and violences. No? So all these pieces traveled to Dresden, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, uh, many places, and Vienna I was. So it, it traveled in the last six years or so. It's, it's, a, it's called Beta it's uh, part of the other name is anti-monument series, because I like, part of me, I'm being critical of myself, wanting to make big things, <laughs> monumental things. <laughs> You know, because yeah. it has so many monuments and people sure. are taking them down. Right. So this idea of this is like making something that you can roll and pack, and make it super small. I, I, I bring them in suitcases. Someone, really? Yeah, yeah they, these small pieces fit in the suitcases. Wow. Um, and then the idea is that it's something that people can touch. They can cut it if they want. I mean, I hope not, but... <laughs> And it can change according to each space. Flexible monument. Flexible, (laughs) temporary, (laughs) portable 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 monument that's not so (laughs) much about... And it's not figurative, it's not so much about this one, you know, monumental one, winner, right? Mm. Or conquistador, I don't know, famous people. So it's just much more abstract. So I like like to make it so that people feel and have a chance to think about their moral fantasies Mm. and their um, reflections,
0: And it can change shape, too. Monuments tend to be very rigid. This one, like, depends on how you arrange it in the room. It can be a totally different thing. That's cool.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very striking. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: In one corner of the gallery is another small room that Shinpei has plastered with paper covered with orange and black squiggles. Again, it's the shape of audio waveforms. And when you walk into the room covered from ceiling to floor in these waveforms, you hear audio playing from behind the wall. It's actually recordings of interviews Shinpei did with atomic bomb survivors, people who lived through the bombings in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945
1: this was actually collaboration with a group called tj in china which is with the two artists daniel Ronovo and meli baragan who are my good friends here they had a space in china and in beijing 2012 so i did a little project there and they had a space just like this size so i had filled all this with these kind of That's um, beautiful this is also like kind of what you guys do and these are like i felt so bad like editing these stories so the part that's orange was like how i was editing cuz you oh, have really? to cut out some parts you know you always have to cut out stories right and so if you're in spanish if you speak spanish you learn that historia is history but historia is also story right so you learn that i learned that i'm making history because i'm editing stories okay? with what judgment, with what qualification, with what ethics. So the ones I didn't use here will never, probably never seen the light of history, right? They. So I was editing a lot about these, what happened with the people, the survival atomic bomb. And there was a lot of those things that nobody knew that I haven't heard, for example, but you had to cut it to one hour or 20 minutes or whatever. So this was this pain of having to cut that I was trying to deal with. So I just wanted to kind of have this pain <laughs> and this yeah. guilt and leftover energy, you know, from my stomach. Mm. And I wrote them into these uh, formats and I kind of really try to be self-critical about how you know we are making histories without knowing. <laughs>
0: Port of Entry is written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the co-producer and director of sound design. Elisa Barba is our editor. Lisa Morizette is operations manager. And John Decker is the interim associate general manager of content. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. I'm Alan Lilienthal. And hey, real quick, our buddy Beth Accomando is releasing really great new episodes of her podcast, Cinema Junkie. Go find the show and follow it wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.